Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, Fear the Young, written by the Mad Crafter. When measuring the danger certain species presents, there are so many different metrics that are used. Their level of technological advancement, their ethics at war, religious factors, biological advantages, or disadvantages. I find something far more accurate in assessing a species threat level is a far too often overlooked factor. What are their young like? Our first example is the Carthongo, located in a fairly mundane methane world, roughly 12 light minutes from the parent star. These anthropods are known for their relative pacifism, known throughout the galaxy for their AI architecture. Few fleets in the known galaxy would be able to function without the Kothrongo AI managing systems and navigation. The Kothrongo haven't been directly involved in armed conflict in over 10,000 standard revolutions. Most empires think them as weak, frail, computer technicians, and hardly worth the time it would hypothetically take to run a roughshod over a home system. Then you look at the Kothrongo brood clutches. You see Krithonga females produce two or three hundred eggs per clutch, with dozens of clutches in a lifetime. Once laid and fertilized, the eggs are left in a climate-controlled chamber with enough food to last the hatchlings through the first few days. And then, the carnage starts. Over the course of seven to ten planetary rotations, the brood turns into an all-out battle royale for survival. Hatchlings killing and cannibalizing one another until a single one remains. Every single Krithronga is a survivor of an all-out deathmatch, leading to only the strongest members of this species to carry on their genetics. If you ever think of them as mere technicians, I strongly suggest that you look up Krithronga martial arts and then remember that every single practitioner that you're watching is already a survivor of one versus a 300 bloodbath. Our next subject are the Kalaks, veered throughout the galaxy for their powered armor and battle machines. Kalaks come from a high-grab ammonia world orbiting 43 light minutes from a binary star pair. Their home world is a dark, cold place. Now, I'm willing to bet you've never seen a Kallax outside powered armor, or at least a powered environment suit. This is deliberate on their part, because to see a Kallax outside its mechanized shell is to be entirely underwhelmed. For lack of a better term, Kallax are adorable. Standing only about a meter tall, covered in fur with giant eyes on a head that basically grows straight from their shoulders without a need of a neck. They are quite possibly the least intimidating sapient species. They're young, even less so. Colax cubs are typically birthed in groups of two to five. The cubs are secluded, the males taking the primary role of caregiving to these, well, 
I think I heard the word puffball used to describe them. The young are tended to all day and night, and hovered over for their entire revolutions after they are exceedingly vulnerable and delicate. After maturation, Kylek's adolescents aren't much better. They simply grew limbs and eyes rather than staying a fuzzy ball with a mouth. Catch them outside the power armor, and even a gangly Fothrian could kick the Kolaks a few dozen meters. Finally, we reach our third subject. Hailing from a hell world eight light minutes from its parent star, there are few who hear about the species and don't reflexively cringe. I am speaking, of course, about humans. More relatively unremarkable in outward appearance, few could say that these upright walking hybrids between mammal and death avatar are unremarkable in every other respect. I've seen humans lose limbs and whole organ groups and survive. Reports of humans charging into hazardous environments to save friends or crewmates, heedless of the damage to act would inflict on themselves. I've even heard of a group of humans lifting a crashed shuttle to save a survivor pinned beneath it. Their culture is steeple in war and bloodshed, their evolution being the climb from prey to being the apex predator of their entire planet. And then there is the curious state of their young. A human female will give birth to anywhere between one and upwards of twenty times during her life, with each birth ranging from one to four, unless they use fertility modification. For the first two revolutions, human young are pretty much drooding incoherent slugs, possessing a small degree of biological weaponry that they have little control over. They require constant feeding and maintenance, and will perish if left unattended. However... Starting at roughly their third revolution, that is where things begin to get scary. Human young enter a phase of clinical psychopathy, lasting one to three revolutions, where they are completely uncaring as to the harm that they can and do inflict on others. They fully develop a form of sonic weaponry, as the scream of a human toddler can reach levels capable of rupturing most species' auditory organs. My own had to be replaced with cybernetics after visiting a human daycare facility, where dozens of these tiny monsters are cared for each day. They have zero concept of their own strength, which is frighteningly substantial. They regularly play on what most would consider military-grade obstacle courses. They can and will use pack tactics when in presence of other human youth but are also perfectly capable of functioning with deadly efficiency alone. They become small plague incubators, carrying diseases that'll barely phase them, but can temporarily incapacitate even a full-grown humans. Their stamina is such that they can, at times, outfight and outlast even fully matured humans and wage psychological warfare that drives their parents to the brink of madness. Humans, as young as ten revolutions, also have been recorded fighting feral animals to protect their broodmates. And when feral animals on a whole world, let that sink in. You want to know why the galaxy fears humans? It's not their technology. That's relatively average. It's not their battle ethics. While they are terrifying, many have survived human assaults and even one. It's not their fleet, their guns, their war machines. 
Most would point to any of those as to why humans are considered the most dangerous species in the galaxy. But I say otherwise. Humans within three revolutions are capable of defending and physically competing with roughly 88% of any species in the known galaxy and winning. They only get stronger and more belligerent with age from there. If you ever wanted to test a warrior, I encourage you to send them to a human daycare for an hour. Tell me they survive. End of story. Story number two. Dropship Blues, written by Mean Gator. Treaties prohibited orbital bombardment unless spaceships are fired too directly. So space superiority is lost. Defenders stop targeting spaceships around the planet. That would be suicidal. But they are within their rights to target everything attempting to land, and your fleet around the planet can do nothing about it. These treaties are ancient and exist to protect the weaker, and violating them is punished very harshly. The last species attempted just got back and on probation after being stripped of all their colonies and being on house arrest for the last thousand years. Due to these rules above, of all ships that can land on the planet's surface, dropships have the most dangerous mission to fulfill, and the role to planetary invasion is crucial. They are very heavily armored and sluggish compared to shuttles, but they have to be. Dropships are very large compared to shuttles, since they carry large numbers of anything that have to be on or lifted from the planet's surface in a hurry, Well, all hell has broken loose. Piloting dropships requires a special type of crazy, because no matter how well protected they are by their very thick armor and point defenses, they are not invincible, and everybody on the planet defense network is targeting you. Since dropships do multiple landings, their pilots put themselves in danger multiple times. Their pilots get very well paid in combat, and they form an elite unit of the special forces whose training is very tough. Roughly, one for each 30 recruits manages to graduate as a dropship pilot. Humans are exactly this kind of crazy. They are highly intelligent. Their spatial awareness is amongst the best, and most importantly, they can keep their cool under pressure that breaks other species. It's not easy to know that the fate of 1 to 1,000, depending on the dropship size, soldiers, is in your hands while being the favorite target of the planet's defensive network. It requires nerves of steel, good reflexes, excellent spatial awareness, and being able to track multiple things in your mind. Admittedly, they are not the best multitaskers, but the AI companions mitigate this. My thoughts were interrupted by the announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hell Descender Airlines. Please fasten your belts as the flight is expected to be bumpy. While we're going to do our best to land you safely, please do not forget to make your peace with yourselves and all your gods if you are a religious one. Everyone did a large check to make sure that they were tightly fastened. You really don't want to be loose when it drop. Drop commences in five, four, three... Two, one, yeehaw! There is a running joke about dropship pilots. Out of every 30 recruits on a dropship pilot school, the 29 fail and the other one is the human. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video 
I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.